Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Howard Martin, our special guest, brings more than 30 years of experience in business and personal development to the position of Executive Vice President of HeartMath. Howard has been instrumental in assisting Doc Childray, he's the founder, in the development of teaching of HeartMath's program since its inception. He speaks around the planet on the HeartMath approach to advancing human performance that is based on compelling scientific research and evidence linking heart function with health, emotion, well-being, and intelligence. Howard Martin, back on Coast to Coast. Howard, I love this subject. Welcome back. Hey, George. It's really good to be with you again, my friend. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot happening to us and to the world since we were last together. It was uh, back in uh, Valentine's Day, actually 2020, so it's really an honor and a privilege to have an opportunity to chat with you again. How cool was it on Valentine's Day to talk about the heart? It was pretty cool. We got some interesting comments and questions and call-ins from people. I hope that the message landed well about uh, heart not being sentimental or weak or soft, but an intelligence that we need to navigate changing times and of course a couple of weeks after we did that show times changed so I hope oh, they did landed with people you know that they had they gained something from it that they were able to take forward into this last year and a half people are under incredible stress these days howard incredible stress it's got to have an effect on the heart doesn't it yeah it's affecting a lot of things george heart health has often been linked to stress you know knowing that high stress situations create cardiovascular disease it's a tough time for people. Uh, people have been going through lots emotionally. Uh, we've had a lot of events taking place in the world in addition to the pandemic that have caused a lot of separation, biases, judgments, a lot of stress. And that is taking a toll on people's health. And I think that we haven't seen that toll yet, really. That's going to play yeah. out over time into the future as we, um, you know, as we end some of this, this turmoil we're in right now. It'll still be a lot to deal with in, as we go forward, and health is one of those areas. For now, sure. we're going to talk about the heart tonight, and for people who think, oh, my God, are they going to talk about hardening of the arteries and this thing? No, no, no. <laughs> we're not doing that. We're doing something very special. The heart is almost like a brain to itself, isn't it, Howard? Yeah, what's interesting, George, is our research here at HeartMath all these years, we've done research for now almost 30 years on understanding heart physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And what we found early on is that the physical heart was doing more than pumping blood. It was actually an information processing center in our bodies. It was sending information to the brain and throughout the entire system, important information. It was critically important to things like how our brains actually operate. Um, within the heart itself, we discovered, not just us, but it was in the literature, but we were able to bring it to the forefront of people knowing about it, is that we have a nervous system, very complex nervous system. It's studied through a, a medical discipline called neurocardiology. And this nervous system next to the brain is the most complex part of the nervous system we have, and it, it resides in the physical heart. And that nervous system is sending signals to the brain. Uh, brain function is critically dependent upon this information. And it's like the heart and the brain are talking all the time in this neurological language that they have between each other. And that was just one of many discoveries showing that the physical heart was a very intelligent part of our physiology, to say the least. Fantastic. Now tell us about heart math. Exactly what is that? It's a system, George, consisting of, of tools and techniques 
and technology that we've developed, um, all based on understanding the intelligence of the heart and designed to help empower people through changing times. And we have a pretty large footprint in the world today, I must say, because we've been able to implement heart math training programs and technology in such a variety of societal sectors. Everything from very conservative organizations like all four branches of the U.S. military, universities, school systems, uh, many, many hospitals and healthcare uh, settings, as well as for hundreds of thousands, I guess, and maybe even more, maybe millions by now, of people around the world who are just interested in, in their own personal growth and well-being. So it's tools and techniques and technology all put together in a really convenient system, and it's based upon upon heart and upon the intelligence of the heart. What did Doc Childress see 30-plus years ago that made him realize there's something very different and special about the heart? It's not just a pumping muscle. Well, I'm glad you asked that question, really, because my relationship, my friendship, and more goes back with Doc now almost 50 years. Wow. Long Long before there was a heart math, we were just young men living in North Carolina and interested in in personal growth. How do we become better people? How do we expand our awareness and our consciousness? How do we make sense of life? And Doc was always the kind of guy who seemed to be one step ahead of everybody else on that stuff. And he used to talk to me when I was a very young man about heart. And he said, look, you know, if you look at all of the spiritual literature and all the things that have been said throughout history, heart has always been talked about in, in the most revered ways. And heart is always in this literature that you read about. So we should probably take a deeper look at that and see if there's something to it or not. You know, being young and full of them and vigor, I, mean, I wasn't the kind of guy that necessarily wanted to jump in and start looking at heart, you know. But it was Doc's promptings that said, let's take a look at this. And it unfolded over time. But one of the things, that George, I do remember about him a long time ago is he's a very caring man, and he cared a lot about people and about humanity. And he's still alive. He's 76, right? You're exactly right. He's 76, turned 76, uh, you know, the 8th of September. Definitely alive, definitely well. He's a chairman of Heart Math. He gives the guidance and direction to all that we do. He doesn't get as involved in, like, day-to-day business and things like that, but he is, you know, he's the heart of Heart Math. He gives the guidance and direction for everything that we do. But he could see that the change is coming. Uh, he talked to me a long time ago about the world and the stress and the shifting consciousness that was going to go down and how that was going to create great opportunity for humanity and for growth, but it was also going to create a lot of chaos and confusion mm-hmm. and turmoil. He could see that stuff. And so when we began to put together Heart Math uh, back in 1991, it was based upon we got to do something. We need to put a system together that will be easy for people to use. It's not based on a lot of complex stuff. It's not based on having to be spiritual. Uh, it's based on something we already have inside ourselves, which is the magnificent, beautiful intelligence of the heart. And we need to put together a system that can be shared with people to help them as we went through these changes. That's what started it all. It was a caring intention that Doc had, and then people like me that were part of that, and we put together this, this system. And I could never have imagined, George, that it would become all this. I had no way of seeing what was going to take place. Did you ever think you'd be on a national radio show talking about the heart? Listen, no. You know, <laughs> writing best-selling books and all that stuff and traveling around the world. Not at all. Huh? No way. You know, and I do still appreciate that. And I was thinking about that tonight, actually thinking about how many people would like to be on your show, right? 
You'd lots. Uh, lots. Lots of people would love to be on your show, and, and you have me on regularly. You've had me on, you know, three, four, five times now. Yeah. And, and that's an honor. And I think, you know, I was appreciating that rather than saying, oh, yeah, now I'm going to do Georgia's show. I'm going to stay up late and do Coast to Coast. No, it was more like, look at what an opportunity I have here uh, to do this again. And so, you know, I appreciate you for that. And uh, I'm just letting the listeners know that I'm still passionate about what I do and an opportunity to be on a platform like yours is nothing that I take lightly. It's, 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 a, it's a heart-based level of appreciation I have for it. Howard, when somebody meets someone and you like them, whether you're emotional for them or you fall in love with them, is it the brain or is there something in the heart that makes that feeling happen? There's definitely something in the heart. Let me explain. Um, We talked a little bit about the heart, you know, communicating with the brain just a little while ago, but the heart also produces a magnetic field. It's a magnetic energy that surrounds us in 360 degrees and can be detected about three feet, or for those of you in Europe or somewhere, one meter outside of the body. So this field surrounding us, and what's making up that field is our emotions. Is it like an aura? It's not an aura. It's like it's not subtle energy. It's very measurable magnetic field energy, very conservative. Uh, a great analogy is a cell phone. A cell phone produces a magnetic field. Mm-hmm. That magnetic field gets imprinted with information. It can be the phone call, the text, the picture, whatever you put in that field. Then that field transmits that information to another phone, which picks it up through a magnetic field. Well, we're doing the same thing with our emotions. We're imprinting the heart's magnetic field with our emotions. And we pick up on that stuff, unconsciously, usually. But that's why we seem to resonate more with certain people than we do others. We see somebody, and for some reason, they're likable. There are other reasons. It might be how they look, might be how the body language, might be because we know something about what they do professionally. But there's also something unseen going on. There's an unseen energetic communication taking place between all living systems and especially between people. And it comes because we produce this field. It's produced by the actual physical heart. Now, an aura would be something that would be, I would consider, subtle energy. But when researchers look at the heart's field uh, today, what they have told me is that, look, this is a very conservative measurement. We believe this field is a lot stronger and goes a lot further than three feet, that it is quantum in a a way, that it does communicate beyond the boundaries of time and of space and all that stuff, right? And so the field is something that we study a lot here at HeartMath, the energetic connectivity that's going on in relation to all kinds of fields, but especially the heart's field. Do other hearts communicate with other hearts? They sure do. Um, that's, the, that's the energetic exchange that's really happening yeah. there. And we've seen that in some real simple uh, experiments that we've done. Uh, your question is about hearts communicating with hearts, but let me share a, a little bit about a, an experiment we did many years ago where we could see that when people touched that the brain waves of one person were registering the heart rhythms of the other person. You could see the heart rhythms in that person's brain when they touched. So the heart was communicating with the brain, and it was going back and forth. And as people stopped touching and moved away from each other, the effect was still there. It persisted. You, they got further away. It got weaker, but you could still see the heartbeat of one person in the brain waves of another. So there's also the heart-to-heart communication happening as well. 
That is truly remarkable. In all the years you've been doing this, what are some of the interesting discoveries you've made? Well, I think one of the, the biggest ones is the fact that, you know, the Earth produces energetic fields. Now, we didn't discover that. I didn't discover that. It's well known. But what was interesting about that is that we began to see that those fields were actually impacting human health and behavior. And we began to see the possibility, the hypothesis is that we are actually influencing the Earth's fields as well. That all that energy being produced by the seven plus billion people's hearts can have a measurable impact on the Earth's fields. And so that's a cool thing to think about. And we begin to see evidence of that all along the way. Really compelling evidence that that's true. That's exciting to me in all these years of doing things. But to be honest about it, uh, what really excites me the most is seeing the changes that people can make when they learn to utilize what they have inside, the power and intelligence of the heart. And to see them shift and make changes and overcome obstacles and begin to do things that, uh, that they never thought they could do, uh, to achieve things that they thought were beyond themselves, that is so exciting to me, more exciting in ways than the research is, because it's people. It's people doing something and empowering themselves, and when I see that, it gives me so much hope about the future, about the beautiful and powerful resilience of the human spirit. And that's the most exciting part of being a part of HeartMath. How many people, Howard, those not listening to this show, but how many people understand that the heart is much more than what science and medical professionals tell us? I don't know the exact number. I just know that it's grown so much over these years. And like I said, it's difficult at this point after doing this 30 years and to track how many people's lives have been touched by heart math. It's, it's got to be in the millions now. Jeez. There's more than that, I'm sure, that resonated with what we do. It, uh, if People t- all the time tell me, I read about heart math in somebody else's book, for example. Like well, Most of the major authors in the personal growth and transformational space reference our work. So it multiplies that way as well. Um, the last time we checked, I think there was something like 10,000 sightings of heart math research and other research literature. So it's, it's just grown and it's grown and it's grown, and so a lot of touch points happen there. So I think that what we've done is we have given uh, this understanding of heart new credibility. What do they mean uh, by so-and-so got sick or died from a broken heart? Well... To me, what that means is that, you know, some of the emotions associated with heart got really strong. Uh, And it's not the true deeper heart that really got broken in that context. The deeper heart's really what sort of brings us out of those type of places when we find ourselves there. The broken heart is broken broken expectations. It's, It's broken emotions. It's a feeling that we have. And you do feel sometimes those type of feelings as a, as a tension and sometimes even a pain in the heart um, because it is the emotions that are sort of triggering that nervous system in the heart. And you can actually sometimes feel it physically there. But the broken heart is like when you, when you feel like you've disconnected from something that you need to really have in your life. Uh, disconnection from the heart puts you in a place in life that I don't think is very good or very enjoyable. And when we feel like our heart's been broken, we sometimes just lose that connection with that deeper part of ourselves. Howard, one of your bestsellers is called Heart Intelligence. It's a book called Heart Intelligence. Tell me about that. The title itself means a lot. Yeah, well, it's a book that that we decided to write with several of us here at HeartMath. Doc Shorty, the founder, myself, 
our Director of Research, Dr. Roland McCready, and Dr. Deborah Rosman, who's the CEO of HeartMath, Inc. And the four of us put that book together, and what we wanted to do is give a comprehensive understanding of HeartMath and some of the newer information that we had about the heart and about our new understandings of heart. So, for example, the chapters I wrote, I wrote the first chapter, and then I, which is the introduction to heart math and what we do and the whole thing. And then I wrote a chapter on what we call social coherence, about what we're seeing in the world as more people begin to activate more of the qualities of the heart, what's happening in society, about where things are going, where things are growing, where we are seeing more cooperation, where we are seeing uh, you know, more of the type of qualities that we want in society. And then other chapters were written by other people. And so the end, at the end of the day, that book is really a comprehensive guide to unfolding your own heart's intelligence. And that heart's intelligence is, again, what we all sort of need now to navigate a world that is um, very challenging right now. Can you make the heart more intelligent, or is it what it is? No, you can definitely refine it. Uh, that's where our tools and techniques come in. You can learn to become much more sensitive to the heart's information. A lot of what the heart is, is, is trying to tell us is intuitive. It's not so linear. It's not just logical stuff. It's, it's, in, it's more of an intuitive intelligence. And you can definitely learn to increase your sensitivity to that type of intuitive intelligence and then use it to make decisions big and small that help give you a, a direction in life. And you make more efficient choices that lead to more fulfillment in your life. So it's definitely a process. We're all born with it. We all have it. It's there. But we often need to dust it off, bring it to the forefront of how we live, and then refine it from there. I'm still refining mine. You know, all these many years later, it's not, this is not a static thing for me. I'm still unfolding new parts of myself that relate to the heart's intelligence. Sometimes, and we see a lot in movies, somebody's stressed to the max and they keel over and die of a heart attack. Yeah. What happens there? Well, you know, when I've talked to cardiologists, um, during these years, and sometimes I would ask them a question like, why do we have so much heart disease? What's causing all these heart attacks and heart disease? And you know, I often felt that what they were going to say is it's bad diet or it's smoking or it's you know, lack of exercise. But I was so surprised because in many cases, the first thing that popped out of their mouth was it's the stress. Stress is creating the heart disease. So a lot of times hmm. when we're just so stressed, the heart goes through a malfunction. It can be a lot of different things that happen to the physical heart. We have this heart attack, and you know, we keel over. Uh, the source of that could be a lot of things that have accumulated over time. It isn't just because we were stressed that day. It's a cumulative effect that goes on. But if we live our lives to where we're experiencing high levels of chronic stress over a long period of time, it takes a toll on our physical body, and one of the major parts of our body that takes the biggest hit is actually the physical heart. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.